come about the job. Name's Fern Killingsworth. Folks call me babe, and I come about the job. Her voice was deep, growly, mannish. I couldn't see my father's face, but I could tell by his voice that he was awestruck, just like me and my dolls. Which job? he asked. Huh, that still makes me laugh. My father was hardly ever confused, or if he was, no one knew it but him. There were no other women in the camp, and only two jobs posted, cook team and mule skinner. I guess my father thought he'd found his mule skinner. Instead of answering, the giant put the ad from the Aberdeen Daily World down on his desk and pointed to the words, cook team. Miss Killingsworth, come spring. We sign on a hundred men, maybe more. That's why we're looking for a cook team. Too much work for just one woman. The ad asks for a couple. You know, a man and his wife. I'll work harder than three men and their wives, she answered. I dared a peek from behind my father's chair. She was staring straight down at me and I ducked back fast, hitting my head on the drawer. I knew I looked as strange to her as she did to me. My father stood up. He was far from the tallest or strongest man in the camp. Babe towered over him. Then he said what must have been a very brave thing. He said, We had a single woman here cooking once, and it didn't work out. Too many men away from the city too long, if you know what I mean. Again, I peeked up. She had a wide face with cheekbones like ledges, huge black eyes, a straight gallant nose, and large square front teeth framed by full lips. Everything about her was larger than life. I couldn't take my eyes off her as she spoke down to my father. You really think men bother me? She stepped back to let her sighs sink in. Then she added without the trace of a smile, If you know what I mean. My father waited before replying. She could probably do the work of six men, but I was crossing my fingers he would make her leave. You see, I was hoping our new cook would be more like my mother, whom I missed like anything. I was praying for a warm, kind, small, Chinese woman. Someone who could sing me to sleep, laugh me awake, teach me the things I wanted to know, and who would make my father's meanness go away. I wanted my mother back, not this giant intruder taking up half the office. I tugged on my father's pant leg and whispered, Father! He ignored me, and I ignored him, ignoring me, and said louder, Father! Cordelia, I told you. You can only play here if you let me do my work, he said, shaking my small grip off his pant leg. It was hardly the attention I was looking for. I looked up at the giant, terrified. You keep your child under your desk, not at school. My father always stiffened up when someone questioned him about me, especially since my mother had died. But before he could speak, she added, I read, write, cipher some, speak some German, some French, Chinook jargon, too. 
I don't need a scholar. I need a cook, he said, probably wondering how he was going to get this person out of his office without wrecking anything. It was then the alarm in the mill went off. It's funny how some things you immediately just know. The alarm was the same one that sounded every morning, every noon, and every evening, bringing the workers to the mill or telling them when to eat or when to quit. But, like we all had a clock inside our heads, everyone in Sentner's Mill knew it wasn't any of those times. Somehow the horn blasted more loudly, more urgently, when it did for an emergency. That first long blast, followed by six shorter ones. I froze. The last time the alarm had wailed like that was when my mother had fallen into the river, early that summer. She'd gotten herself all tangled in her long skirts. The current had pulled her under a jam of logs.